just a warning about what we're going to chat about next, particularly if uh, you have children in the room with you or wherever you happen to be listening. As you may have heard on Live 95 News, victim impact statements written by the child victims in the monster sexual abuse case were read out for the Central Criminal Court yesterday. And they were nothing short of heartbreaking. Our head of news, Gillian, has some of the details which listeners may find disturbing. And uh, good morning to you, Gillian. Morning, too. Can you remind us first of all about the trial? Yes, well, a a lot of people remember this trial took place between May and August last year. It lasted 10 weeks in total. The parents of five children, along with two uncles and an aunt, were all found guilty of sexually abusing three of the children on dates between 2014 and 2016 in an unspecified area of Munster. It's unspecified to protect the identities of the children. There were 78 charges against the adults. They were found guilty of all but one of the charges. These adults range in ages from 27 to 57 and they also can't be named again to protect the identities of the children. The parents were also found guilty of willfully neglecting all five of their children while the father was found guilty of mistreating three of them by giving them medication. All of the defendants denied all the charges against them. These children were aged one to nine at the time of the offences and they've all since been taken into care along with the sixth child who was born later. So what happened yesterday? Well, the lead investigator read out a number of victim impact statements. None of the children were in the court, but statements were read out on their behalf. The longest of these was from the eldest boy who is now a teenager. And he wrote... What happened at home changed my whole life. What happened to me and my brothers and sister should never have happened to no child. I'm trying to get over what happened for years. He said it was not normal for a child to have to go to court and stand up for what was the truth. He said that until he joined his foster family, he never knew what a normal life was like. I'm clean and I'm happy and I'm never hungry and not afraid to go to sleep. I think my old family should go to jail for a long time for what they put me and my brothers and sister through. And he added that they should not be near children again. And as I said, that statement was one of several impact statements, victim impact statements that were read out yesterday. The eldest boy's younger sister and brother, who were also sexually abused, also wrote brief victim impact statements for the court. The girl wrote, they ruined my childhood and didn't even care about me. I wasn't loved when I was younger. And the brother wrote, I didn't feel safe about them not being in prison. I had no happy childhood. And Gillian, were there statements also from foster parents? Yes, the children's three sets of foster parents wrote lengthy statements in which they outlined the numerous challenges that they've encountered since trying to help the children recover from their the trauma of their early childhood. They described how the children had arrived with only the clothes on their back. They were filthy dirty and covered in faeces with various scars and bruises and they didn't have any toileting skills. The eldest boy's foster mother said she'd that he had suffered a horrendous childhood at the hands of those who should have been loving and caring for him. She said that when the guilty verdicts came in, he told them he was so happy that he was believed and that his relatives were in jail and that they'd never be allowed to contact him again. He has more confidence and a spring in his step since the guilty verdicts, the foster mother said, and she described him in loving terms as a beautiful, handsome boy who they're very proud to have in their family. Then the foster mother of the girl and second eldest boy said they were also very happy with the verdicts and they finally feel safe and expressed a wish just to have a normal life. She described at length 
numerous difficulties that the children had suffered since coming to live with the family, including behavioural and health issues, that there was a long list of health professionals and therapists that they've been seeing to and continue to see regularly. And she paid tribute to the hard work that they've put in to try and make up for their early lost childhood. And she described that when they first arrived, they regularly hid in the hot press... They hid under the stairs or under tables and they never asked for food because she thinks that hunger was so normal in their lives that they didn't even know how to identify it. She said both children slept with one eye open and that they suffered from terrible recurring nightmares, including one where the parents were trying to break into the house in the dark and hurt them. She said that they had installed extra security in the house and since then the children were less fearful. Then there was a foster mother to the two youngest boys. She said they also installed extra security to their home, which she said they had done out of genuine fears for the safety of the children because there'd been incidents where cars containing unknown occupants had pulled up outside their home and they were worried sick that the children would be taken. This foster mother also outlined behavioural difficulties and therapies that children had received and she said one of the boys in particular is extremely tense at night and it is only in the last year and a half that he stopped jolting upright when she checks in on him at night time. And she said that after access visits to the parents were stopped, neither child has ever asked to see them again. And it's pretty unthinkable that this level of abuse was allowed to continue, isn't it? Yeah, well, it it takes an awful lot to put a case against people uh, like this. You know, there were 30 witnesses at the trial including the children themselves. There was social and family support workers, foster parents, teachers, medical professionals and the Gardaí as well. And the court had heard that the family was on Tusla's radar as far back as 2011, but intervention was only stepped up in 2014 when a number of files were opened on the family and the children were eventually taken into care 20 months after that, after the father admitted to a social worker that he'd been medicating the children to get them asleep. Were the accused in court yesterday? And if so, how did they react? They were. The parents, the uncles and the aunt have been in custody since last August when the verdicts were handed down and they were all there in court for the sentence hearing yesterday and they didn't react when these impact statements were read out. They remained expressionless. Um, The court heard that they continue to maintain their innocence and the father that despite maintaining his innocence he says that he's gained enormous satisfaction from learning that his children are now happy and that was his senior counsel Mark Nicholas who told the court that and that the court also heard he has a mild intellectual disability and counsel for the mother also said she has a mild um, intellectual disability as well and then Andrew Salmon who was counsel for the mother's sister the aunt of the child also has limited intellectual functioning. And then uh, Andrew Sexton, who's defending her uh, husband, who'd be an uncle of the children in prison, was additional punishment for him because they've only had one contact via video call since the verdicts were handed down. Uh, It was also identified to the court that... You know, sex offenders, when they're male, they're segregated in a prison, whereas when they're female, they're not. So uh, the mother of the child has been more or less incarcerated in her own cell. She's afraid to leave her cell um, since the uh, the verdicts were handed down last August. So eventually, anyway, the Justice Paul McDermott has adjourned the matter for finalisation on January the 18th. Thank you very much, Gillian uh, Devlin, our Head of News, for that. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.